The Bass Parlor Podcast is brought to you by the Bass Parlor app. The Bass Parlor app is an app that connects music talent throughout the country. So whether you're an artist, instrumentalist, producer, or audio engineer, find other talent that you need to work with to complete your music project. The Bass Parlor app is available on the App Store and in Google Play. The Bass Parlor app. Combine your creativity. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bass Parlor Podcast. Today, our special guest is an amazing singer, songwriter out the D.C. area, DMV area, Micah Robinson. What's up, Micah? Yo, yo. What's going on, everybody? Nothing much, but I appreciate uh, joining us here today. Oh, man. Thank you for having me. It's, yeah. uh, I love what you're doing, man. It's, it's an honor to, 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 to be a part. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. I was just actually looking at that, uh, that video for No What. Ah. Yeah, <laughs> you, that is tight, appreciate man. You. Yeah, it's views like, up, you know what I'm saying? Appreciate you. Yeah. yeah, I like the black and white feel, the black and white look too, man. The whole thing is, is, is serious, man. I like it. Oh, man, I appreciate it. Yeah, we wanted to, um, you know, the, the track kind of has a very sort of vintage classic vibe. And um, we wanted to we wanted to try to capture that visually as well. So you know, the, the black and white always makes everything feel a little, <laughs> a little warmer yeah. to me. Yeah, it does. And it's funny how like having it black and white kind of, pushes sticks things out a little bit you know i'm not it's kind of yeah. it's kind of oxymoronic you know but being black and white and scaling <laughs> back makes things go to the forefront more than it would otherwise so it's kind of yeah weird. man you feel it different i really don't know why you know right. I, but um but but it's it makes it you yeah it happens it's real mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely so take us back all the way to the beginning how did you how this journey start on uh you know, being a singer, songwriter, you start writing, you start with, you know, playing keys and piano first. What was your journey? How to start? Um, okay, so I, I'll try to kind of like fast forward some parts of this. So I'm just not just talking forever. But um, I honestly really started as a baby. Um, I've been singing my whole life. Um, literally did my first gig, uh, like I said, paid professionally to sing when I was about five or six years old. Oh, wow. And wow. Um, have been doing various things ever since. Uh, in about, I think, third grade, I started playing uh, piano, okay. initially just classical piano. Um, and over the course of elementary school, high school, I played bass for a while, played trumpet for a while, um, and then eventually went to uh, Howard University to get a degree in, uh, in music with a jazz studies concentration. Okay. in uh, voice and composition and um, met a lot of great people there, established a great network, graduated from there and uh, just kind of dove in full time. And um, fun, fun fact that a lot of people don't know mm. uh, is I actually really didn't want to be an artist for a very long time. For most of my life, really, um, I was far more interested in being a songwriter or a producer, maybe even an A&R. Um, but I was really, I had very little interest in being in the front. And um, over time, you know, it, it was, it's really just kind of a calling for me. Like it, it wouldn't leave me alone. It kept, kept presenting itself um, that I, that it, there was something in me that needed to be shared through me. Right. Um, and so I would say maybe sometime around, like when I first got out of college, mm-hmm. I started to really embrace um, being an artist. And, and wanting to get my own music out there. So, you know, I, I spent some years um, supporting several other uh, national artists, um, lots of really, really great people, um, incredible people. And um, 
I learned from them for maybe about eight to 10 years, really, I was okay. doing that. Okay. And now I'm just, you know, doing doing my own stuff full time, really trying to make it happen. Yeah, no, that's awesome. What what made you not at first? I know you changed uh, eventually, but why did you not want to be an artist at first? Um, well, it's not as much that I was anti being an artist as it is that I was really, really pro being a writer and producer. Mm. Um, I think even now, still as an artist, um, a, a big part of my heart is there, um, is in, is in just songwriting. I love a good song, even, you know, beyond mine, just anybody's man. I just, I, I love a good song, love a great melody. Right. Um, I love storytelling, listening to others tell stories. I love the, the opportunity to tell stories myself. Mm. Um, and so for me, I was just really more focused on those things than actually being the center of attention right. or whatever. Um, you know, I'm kind of weird like that. I know I'm, I'm an artist for a living, but I really don't like attention <laughs> that much on a personal level. Mm. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really, you know what, man? Actually, I will tell you this though. I think there's a lot of things about the way the music industry goes um, these days that kind of, I won't say scared me off, but turned me off a little bit also, as far right. as the, you know, the being an artist standpoint, there's a, there's a lot of conditioning out there that makes you feel like you have to do things a certain way. And a lot of those things didn't really fit with who I am and who I want to be. And so, you know, I had to grow into the understanding and the belief that I can do what I believe is, is in me to do and, um, and just trust the process from there. And trust the process. Now that makes sense. I mean, we're glad that you uh, decided to be an artist, you know? Thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you know, I know your passion, you talk about your passion is songwriting. Um, what's your songwriting process? I know you play a, a few different instruments, piano, trumpet, bass. Is there a certain instrument? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I really only claim piano for real. Because okay. okay. I know this this is this is it's some real cats on this on the bass parlor probably listening to this. And I don't <laughs> want nobody coming looking for me like you know, you fake it out here. You don't play something. No, I know. I really only claim piano. Okay, These are things okay. I've, I've touched over the years, but yeah. okay, <laughs> that's it. That's your main instrument, the piano. Is that what yeah, you? I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I have too much respect for the rest of it. Too. No, I get you. Especially I, on a on a musician's podcast. You know what I'm saying? We got to be real on here. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, is that is that what you usually write with? I know you. You know, with piano being your major one, and you loving songwriting, the songwriting process. Do you usually start with yeah. adding pen and piano? Um, so to be really honest, man, uh, my faith is a really big part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my writing and my production generally is, is very tied to that as well. Um, in the sense that most of the time I start in my, in my head or in my spirit, if you want to look at it like that. Mm-hmm. And by the time stuff comes to me, it usually comes to me like complete to where, I don't necessarily have to be at a piano or with an instrument to to kind of finish a whole song. Oh, it wow. just, you know, it's and then I mean, at some point I'll need to go to the piano, you know, right. to hear it out and make sure it all still makes sense. Um, but I usually do the whole process internally is is really it's it's really just a gift. It's not something that I can lay a whole bunch of claim to because the stuff that comes to me, it literally just it, it just comes done. <laughs> already uh, that's impressive and then, i mean can you hear 
I know lyrically it comes to you, but also musically, can you kind of hear the, the the sound, the music behind the words as well? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, definitely. Sometimes the music comes first. Honestly, sometimes it's, it's a musical concept first. This, you know, uh, I have one song on the record that I'm uh, getting ready to put out soon that I remember the first thing on my mind was that I was angry with a young lady I was dealing with at the time and that I wanted to have a song that sounded similar to Unchain My Heart by Ray Charles. And those, those were the thoughts <laughs> that, that sparked it. And from there, I wrote the whole song on the way to go eat crabs with my father and my sister. Okay, wow. That's, that's pretty impressive, man. And you said, you know, after college, you kind of played a, um, almost like an apprenticeship, you know, studying. Yeah. These, that's, these... A, that's a good way to look at it, yeah. Right. Sure. What, are some of the, what are some of the key lessons you learned, you know, during the eight to 10 year period? Oh, man. Um, well, I learned a lot about the industry side of things, about the, the logistics and the importance of communication, professionalism, transparency, um, how to be a band leader, how to deal with people. And a lot of the logistical side of that, that really ends up being very important. Um, from a performance standpoint, I think I also just learned a lot about um, just the conditioning of, of high quality performance and and what it takes to what it takes to kind of be at, at a top level over and over again night after night all the time. Um, I can honestly say I think when I first started I probably really wasn't doing that right. uh, but I was watching the people around me who had been at it for a while just just creating these huge moments every night. Um, you know, and it just I, it helped me see how important it is to really look at it outside of just myself and realize that as an audience member, you know, when you're when you're an artist and you're on tour, you got 15, 20 dates in front of you mm-hmm. and you kind of doing the same thing every night. But as an audience member, you know, when you bought a ticket to this show, you maybe bought it a month ahead of time. You were looking forward to it all month. You done picked out your outfit, figured out who you was going to go with. Right. You've been listening to the records, getting ready. And it, it is a once in a, a lifetime moment in some mm-hmm. cases. Right. It's not just another day, you know, for the audience member. And I've, I've had the privilege of working behind and beside some artists who are really second to none in terms of creating those genuine, beautiful, fantastical moments every night. Wow. Okay. Yeah. What, what's some things that keep them? Because I can see how that could be a grind, you know? You talk about, you know, musicians, and also other entertainers, uh, comedians, actors, and you have to do the same thing over and over again, but someone comes to see you. They're like, I, w- I want to see the best you got. I don't care how many times. Yeah. You- yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so what's, what's some things that you've seen, like, these artists do so they stay motivated night after night after night? Um, I, particularly with the artists that I have worked with, I've seen them – make sure that they stay true to themselves and make sure that they love what they're doing. Right. Um, and when that, when that part is there, when, when the real spirit of what you're doing is there, it's not mundane. It's not just repetition. Um, you, you singing these songs, you playing these songs, like they really mean something to you because they do. Right. And, and that when you can, when you can feel it like that, when you connect with it like that, it's, it makes it easy. Yeah. No, that's good. That's a good way of looking at it. That's a good way of looking at. It. So, I know you uh you grew up in the, in the church. You said I know you have a, a big um 
spiritual side to it as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Did you, who were your influences growing up? Not necessarily when you were super young, but you know, when you were kind of forming high school, college age, where you kind of forming the kind of artist you wanted to be, kind of songwriter you want to be, who were some of your, your major influences? Um, <laughs> it's funny enough, most of them are not gospel people, even though you mentioned the growing up in the church thing. Uh, I had a really unique experience, you know, with, with my parents um, being amicable and both being in my life, but not being married. And okay. so myself and my sister uh, kind of split time between both of them. And they both provided pretty drastically different um, experiences as far as culture and things like that. Like my mother went to one of the more prominent black Catholic churches in D.C., um, where most of the music was characterized by like kind of funk and jazz fusion based uh, service music. And then my father was assistant pastor of a church that kind of did like a blend of classical and gospel at the time. Uh, so you had all of that rolling, as well as the fact that my mother um, had a uh, history in radio. She used to work at WHUR. Okay. So we used to listen to that station all the time. Um, a lot of 97.1 for those who may be listening, not in DC, that's a soft rock station. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of Phoebe Snow, a lot of Scott Jarrett, Michael Franks, um, Ray Charles, of course. Um, early Jacksons, not as much like grown Michael Jackson, but like teenage right? and, and child Michael Jackson, like never can say goodbye at yeah. Heartbreak Hotel and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, man, it's uh, and and a lot of good rappers too. I'm a really big Busta Rhymes fan. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I mean, I mean, growing up, you know, '90s '90s hip hop is my thing. I remember Busta and Redman to me were like those the most underrated rappers of Dude. all time. And Craig Mack though, Craig, Craig Mack, yeah, when he first man. came out with that flavor, I was like, man, just like yeah. you, the black. <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. that. And then he came out right before Big came out because I was like, "Damn, what's what's a uh, bad boy about?" And then they hit that, and then the the, re the remix with Biggie in it. I was like, "Hey man, I, one one could argue. I know Craig Mack doesn't have the amount of records to stand up, but I think just bar for bar, I, him and Biggie might be a lot closer than." than the, <laughs> if you go on pound for pound, if you go yeah, on pound for pound, yeah, yeah. You know. single for single. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, too, it's not. It sounds crazy, but I feel I feel what you're saying though. I feel what you're saying. <laughs> Craig, Craig is no joke. Yeah, but uh, lastly, let us know. You know, I, like I said, I just got finished looking at the new video. I really like it. Um, thank you, man. Thank you. The last album I was listening to, I know it came out around 2017 or so. Um, what do you have in store for 2021? Well, for 2021, um, that video that you just mentioned uh, for the single "Know What." Uh, is the first of several things coming over the next few months as a as lead up to my first full length album as an artist. Uh, it is titled Love Story, and um, full transparency is actually already done. Okay. Um, right now, I'm just trying to do the work to make sure that I can get you know a good amount of eyes and ears ready for it so that when when we do drop it you know we can reach as many people as possible but um definitely dropping that this year and uh along with it probably a couple more singles and another video or two I actually have a, a really specific video concept that i'm working on right now um you are the first person to know this actually so right. 
right. Bass Parlor exclusive. I'm doing a video for a single I released called Speechless um, a couple years ago. Okay. It's a really fun tune. Um, you know, whenever I perform it live, dance around a whole lot. And uh, I'm just going to give the hint that the video is very similar to that. So okay. it should be fun. Nah, I can't wait for it, man. Can't wait for it. Once again, everybody, this is an incredible singer-songwriter uh, out of D.C. area, D.C. DMV area, Michael Robinson. Michael, I appreciate you joining us here again today. Oh, thank you so much, brother. And keep doing what you're doing, man. Keep connecting folks and making the world a better place.